Hey guys, grab yourself a coffee or a tea, kick back and relax, because today I'm sharing three of the best Japan budget hacks that I have to offer. But before that, a little bit of a funny story. So there's something about sakura or cherry blossoms that very few people will ever tell you about. But if you've ever been to Japan, you may have recognized. You see, almost every year, there's a very common pattern that happens. The cherry blossoms hit full bloom or a day or two before full bloom. And then out of nowhere, Japan gets hit with incredibly strong wind and or rain. And as you can imagine, cherry blossom in or around full bloom, the wind hits and the cherry blossoms are gone. Or the rain hits and the cherry blossoms are gone. Now, this happens so frequently that it's just kind of become a, a theme every year. It takes that five to seven day period you may have to enjoy the cherry blossoms and turns them into something much shorter. But this year, very much ironically, the wind and rain, we, we thought it was going to hit. It looked like it was going to hit. We got a little bit of cold, a little bit of rain. And then the sun came back out. Apparently, gorgeous cherry blossoms that nobody could enjoy guilt-free. And then as soon as all the petals fell, the wind and rain hit something fierce, completely clearing the streets. So there are no cherry blossom petals browning in the streets right now. Anyways, we haven't even done an intro for this episode yet. So let's roll that intro and get today's episode started. Welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast, and as always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. In today's episode, I have something incredibly exciting to share with you, making a big announcement about a series of hours and hours of podcast content that is about to drop right here on this podcast for you guys. But before we get into that... I have some travel hacks, some budget Japan. They're not even really travel hacks. They're great if you're traveling. They're great if you live here. But they're just overall hacks to help you get a little more enjoyment out of Japan without breaking the bank. Now, honestly, there are more than this, but a lot of them are actually going to be coming up in the content that is shared in the next couple of weeks. And I don't want to completely give away the farm, but inside of these, there are three right here that I absolutely love. Three that I have used since coming to Japan. And what's more is despite a couple internet searches and spending the last couple of weeks speaking to creators from around Japan, hand day after day there's still tips that i haven't heard or seen come up all that much if even at all so we can definitely call these ours without any more ado if you will let's jump right in my first one is one that we've alluded to in a couple of videos here and there, and I think has popped up as like a side topic here in the podcast, but I want to go into it in more detail in this. 
This is a hack for enjoying restaurants here in Japan. You see, there are many great restaurants obviously spread throughout Japan, not just in the major cities like Tokyo and Osaka, but if you're traveling on a budget, dining out at a restaurant may be something that you think twice about, but you can still have the experience if, and here it is, very simple, you go for lunch. Now, on its surface, this sounds like an absurdly ridiculous tip. If you're anything like me, you're probably sitting there going, uh-huh, duh. But most people don't understand to what scale this just is at. Like, if you have been following the channel for a while, you'll know that I have gone out to the area of Ebisu and gone up to the Ebisu garden place. Yes, I stumbled saying Ebby's garden place towers 38th and 39th floor where there are gorgeous restaurants that while at night may cost you quite literally hundreds of dollars for a good meal like Jojo and one of the like biggest and most expensive yakiniku or Korean barbecue restaurants in Japan. You can grab a lunch there for as low as like I think 20 bucks maybe even 16 17 dollars and there are other restaurants there with lunches as low as like 10 to 15 dollars now this is a very common thing around especially major cities cities that's oh boy just english is not coming to me today is it around major cities like tokyo and osaka as well as even in countryside towns but in the big cities you'll also get something called coin lunches or tsume hodai. So coin lunches are usually places that will have a lunch for one coin, that one coin being a 500 yen coin. Or tsume hodai, some shops will have a to-go only tsume hodai lunch where you can fill up, for example, a basket with salad or bread or something and you can take with you as much as you can fit into that container for one set price. But the trick is how you find them. And if you're just going around and looking at normal restaurants or beef bowl places, they're always going to be cheap. You'll always be able to find a nice beef bowl for like three, four hundred yen. And if you go up to, you know, luxurious restaurants, and I'd say look them up first. Don't just wander in, sit down and be like, oh, that was an expensive lunch. Definitely look it up. But the big one, the big one that a lot of people overlook some of the nicest restaurants that you can experience in Japan are in hotels. Hotels have absolutely spectacular restaurants inside of them and more often than not will have cheap lunches and sometimes cheap lunch buffets. Now, when you go to these hotels, you'll find very commonly either the tsume hodai type where you can get bread and salad and everything like that and just fill up a container and take it out or you can dine in for a much cheaper set price where it will come with a main dish a salad drink all of that maybe a bit of dessert for a very very reasonable price this is one that i still still use very often. I love going out to hotels for lunch because you can grab a beautiful, beautiful lunch buffet for like 9 to 12 dollars 
easily. That'll have all the salad and everything that you can get along with like a nice lunch that has some pasta, chicken, whatever. So part A is the understanding that Japan has cheap lunches in comparison to dinners. But part B is that hotel thing. Now a little bit of the background information on why hotels have such cheap lunches in comparison is because more often than not, they have their breakfast buffets for the people who are staying there. And then they've got to deal with all this leftover food. And rather than just letting it all go to waste, they funnel it all into really cheap lunches. So if you're looking for an affordable lunch in a nice restaurant and hopefully a bit of healthy food for your travels, your stay or your afternoon, I highly recommend checking out Hotel lunches. It's also worth noting that many Japanese restaurants like normal teshokuya or set meal style restaurants in Japan will also offer refills for free on things like your rice and miso soup. So if you were to go out to a normal, again, not all of them, Make sure you ask or check in advance, but you can go out, get a normal meal for like six to eight hundred yens, around five to ten dollars, somewhere around there, depending on your exchange rate. You can sit down, enjoy your meal, get an extra bowl of rice, get an extra miso soup. Heck, get two, get three. Just enjoy yourself. That's tip number one. Now, tip number two is a tip for thirsty travelers. Now, this, this is one that I have used since my very first ever trip to Japan back in 2005. I don't know about you, but travel makes me thirsty. There's something about being in a new location that oh, I always need a drink. Now, what I would originally do... I started my day by going to these local supermarkets and very often they will have a lot of like local smaller supermarkets will have a set of boxes outside of the supermarket where they have incredibly cheap products. You can get like plastic bottles of drinks more often than not for anywhere between 30 and 70 yen. That's like 50 cents or less for a drink. However, Anytime, especially in a really hot day where I was doing lots of moving and I just needed to sit down, take a break and get away from people. There was a trick that I loved to use and I'm going to share it with you today. It seems obvious again, but many don't think about it. That is the magic of a Japanese internet cafe. If you find the right ones, you may even find an internet cafe that, you know, we'll, we'll loop back to this. We'll loop back to this. Allow me to start at the beginning and walk you through. So a fair warning, a lot of Japanese internet cafes will ask you to provide ID and register. You can forego this in many situations. However, if you say, I don't plan on using the computer, it's just so that they have registration of who logged on to each computer unless you download or do something illegal on their computer system. But if you say, I don't plan on using the computer, I don't need computer access, more often than not, they're like, okay, well, here's your room. You can get in for as low as a couple hundred yen per hour. And when you get in, more often than not, these places will have a massive wall of drink machines. 
They have everything from hot beverages, cold beverages, you name it. So if it is a cold winter day and you need to get in from the outside, you don't want to be around a crowd and you just want to be somewhere more quiet and have some hot beverages, go spend an hour or two in an internet cafe. You can kick back, you get a private little box. And that's the thing. I think if you haven't been to Japan, it's important to understand that Japanese internet cafes will give you a private little boxed in room. It's not sitting in a big open room with a whole bunch of people on computers. You get a tiny little room for just a couple hundred yen per hour and access more often than not to all the free drinks you could possibly want. Again, summer, in the heat of summer, you just want to get out of the humidity. You want to get away from the crowds. You need to take a break, enjoy some air conditioning. And you're like, oh, every single cafe around here is crowded. Hit up an internet cafe. Now, if you were lucky, some, in fact, many of these internet cafes will also have, ooh, I love this, miso soup. And the odd rare one, if you are lucky, I think my personal favorite is the uh, the Bugus Grand Internet Cafe because the ones that I've been to, not all, uh, but some of the ones I've been to have ice cream. They have an ice cream vending machine right there. And the cones are pretty tiny, obviously, but there's no lit. You can grab two, three, four ice cream cones, which is a great way to kick back. And then the other, one of the other big benefits in this is because there tend to be such a variety, the bigger the chain you go to, like if you go to a tiny little discount chain, you're probably going to get a smaller variety of, you know, stuff and beverages and everything. But if you go to a larger chain, like the Grand Bugus Internet Cafe, you will hopefully get a much bigger selection. I think the one in Ikebukuro is one of my favorites as well as the one out in Shibuya. The last time I went, which was honestly probably at least two years ago, both of them had ice cream at the time and one of the biggest selections of drinks ever seen. This is also a great hack for those who are looking for a super cheap place to stay for the night or maybe have just gotten stuck in Tokyo or Osaka or something and didn't plan on being there and have a place to stay and don't want to put out for a hotel or maybe all the hotels are booked. The internet cafes are spectacular for that as well. Many also have showers and everything. I was going to sneak in a hack in here about how karaoke bars uh, are well, karaoke rooms, if you will, are also much cheaper during the daytime hours on weekdays. But there's plenty of information out there about that one. I'm just going to slip that one in. We'll call that we'll call that half a tip. But you probably already knew that one. But moving on from there, I want to get into a way to experience some of the best snacks in Japan. Because I totally sidebarred and got distracted from the fact that I was going to say, going to say that these, <laughs> these internet cafes are also a great way to experience the many different types of beverages Japan has to offer. Um, like the different types of sodas and soft drinks and everything. That was the point that I was going to make before I got totally distracted. Coming back to experiencing different snacks in Japan without breaking the bank and also giving you an opportunity to bring back some really fun, unique, and truly Japanese gifts to people back home. 
If you've been with this channel for any amount of time, you probably have a good idea of what I'm talking about. And that is dagashia. Dagashi are basically Japanese penny candies. They are super cheap, ranging from honestly just a couple yen each up to 10, 20, 30, 100 yen. And they come in such an incredibly wide variety. Everything from the approach to the packaging to literally everything about them is incredibly Japanese, incredibly retro. And they are not only a spectacular way, and I mean spectacular way to experience Japan through dagashi, but also they're a great way to connect with Japanese people as well. We're going to loop back to that one in a second. And they make a spectacular gift, especially on a budget. When people say, I need to grab gifts for like 20 of my friends, but I have no money left. Like, I've spent everything. What should I get them? I always lean on to Dagashi. Go to a Dagashi shop and just fill up your bag and just grab 10, 15 bucks worth of Dagashi. Take it back and split it up amongst your friends. Heck, have some on the plane. Find out which ones you like, which ones you don't. Then you know which ones to give to who. Boom. Done. But Dagashi are also... A really, really spectacular way to connect with Japanese people because each person has their own experience with a certain type of dagashi. So I've covered before one of my favorite bars in Tokyo being the dagashi bar, my favorite one being in Ebisu. You can go in, it's like a 500 yen entry fee. You need to buy at least one drink per person in the group, but while you're there, you have access to all-you-can-eat dagashi. Places like this are a spectacular place to meet people and make friends. Oh, boy. Even the dagashi shops themselves are kind of this way as well, but when you are sitting at the dagashi bar and you've gathered stuff up, maybe you're sitting with your travel mate or a friend, whoever it is, and you turn to the table next to you or the people at the counter if you're sitting at the counter and say, hey, can you tell me about this? Oh boy, you will learn stories. You will learn when they first experienced it. You'll learn how this particular one was their favorite and the other person will say, no, I hated that one. And it'll just be this back and forth. You'll connect with people over Dagashi. You'll get to see a peek at what Japan used to be like and what candies and snacks were important to Japanese people when they were young through Dagashi. And the same goes for being in a dagashi shop. There have been so many times I learned about dagashi through A, going to dagashi shop with friends and having them tell me their memories and their experiences. And then B, there have been at least three or four times that I've been at a dagashi shop where I found something that I had no idea what it was. And I either just asked one of the staff who were so happy to explain about this dagashi or just ask somebody nearby and just be like, hey, what? What is this one? Now, it's hit and miss. Sometimes there's so many dagashi out there that the chances of them knowing every single one are kind of slim. But it is a spectacular opportunity to connect with people and get to know some new people, have a little fun. Dagashi is just a, a huge recommendation. So dagashi, dagashi shops are just... Honestly, I, I would put it at the top of the list. It gives you everything. Like, 
if I could say like the perfect budget day that will cost you nothing, I'd say hit up a Dagashia shop early in the morning, grab some stuff so you got some snacks and whatnot for the day. Maybe grab yourself a, one of those little 30 yen drinks at the local supermarket. Go walk and explore the city. Maybe rent a bicycle dirt cheap somewhere. And then when you need a break, hit yourself up one of those internet cafes, kick back, relax, have a couple drinks, try a few things that you've never tried before. Enjoy the, whether it's the air conditioning or heating, whatever it is you need at that moment. If you're lucky, have a little ice cream and some miso soup. Head out. Who knows? Maybe by this time you've already had lunch at a nice hotel bar, or maybe you haven't. It's already, we're having ourselves a good time, a cheap day. Hit up the Dagashi bar at night, make some new friends, make your way back to a saksa, go to Rastaman's cafe. I'm just, now I'm just imagining what it would be like to be outside again. I'm getting carried away. But whether you are in Japan now or coming in the future. Hopefully this gives us a few little hacks to enjoy Japan on a budget. This this is barely the start of this episode because I've gone quiet for a while on here and it's because I've been working on a very major project for the Tokyo Lens podcast. A project that may potentially be the biggest Japan creator collaboration of 2020. So far, in the beginning stage, we are looking at half a dozen or more creators. Well over six, maybe as much as ten in the end, hours of content. We have episodes on traveling, we have episodes on tips and hacks, we have episodes on learning Japanese, we have episodes on working in Japan, starting a business in Japan, we have episodes on video games and Animal Crossing, we have episodes on everything coming, and it is all starting at the end of April, beginning of May, right here. In 2020. This project is going to give us the opportunity to travel all across Japan without ever leaving home. The goal of it's super simple. I want us to be able to just take a break from the world and fill your ears and your day with some positivity and some fun. So hold tight. This is right around the corner. I cannot wait to get it out to you. It is the main reason why I have been so quiet lately. It's all prepped and ready. It is all filmed. It is all recorded. And the inaugural episode is going to be dropping super, super soon. And honestly, no matter what you are into or what kind of content you enjoy, I can definitely say that there is something for absolutely everyone on the horizon with this. So thank you guys so much for the patience. We have literally hours and hours of excitement just on the horizon. Also, as a side note, I'm considering at some point, maybe, just maybe, doing a live recording of a podcast episode over on Twitch. Just stream it one night. Just sit down, 
record one of these episodes and live stream the entire thing, mistakes and all. It'll be a ton of fun. If you're interested, I will link some stuff in the podcast description for you to check it out. Either way, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for joining, and I will talk to you again real soon.